What's up, Repraise family? We are back with another Bible study message for you. And continuing in our stewardship series, we're hearing from Jorian Wilson. In Jorian's message, he is talking about the importance of stewarding our time well. Jorian talks about why it's important and practically how we can be better stewards of managing our time. We truly hope and pray that after hearing this message, it resonates with you and it empowers you. All right, perfect. So we started our series on stewardship. Last week, Angie kicked us off talking about stewardship, and she spent the time that she had last week speaking specifically about how stewardship is simply managing, right? We are stewards of everything that we have because God has given us things specifically, and he's allowed us to manage them. Last week, she spoke about specifically managing the gifts that God has given us, and today, we are going to continue in that series, but we're going to talk about stewarding and managing our time. So today we're going to look at a passage of scripture found in the book of John, chapter nine. And in his writing, we see that John gets right into the action. John skips over the birth of Jesus, right, and dives right into his ministry. Leading up to chapter nine, we see that Jesus has been a very busy guy, right? He's been maximizing the limited time that he has on this earth. Jesus has turned water into wine. He has, we've seen his hood side come out as he goes into the temple and flips over tables, driving people out with a whip. Uh, we see where he breaks Jewish custom to meet with a Samaritan woman, which leads to many Samaritans believing. He heals the son of a highly ranked official. He heals the lame man at the pool of the Bethesda. He has fed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. He's walked on water. He's shown mercy to a woman caught in adultery. And today we pick up in the middle of Jesus getting ready to heal a blind, a man born blind. The text is coming from John chapter nine, verse four. And it reads this. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time of fellowship. We pray that you'll open our hearts and minds to whatever it is that you want to speak to us and through us on today, that we would leave from this place changed for the better and better equipped and empowered to steward our time well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, for the little bit of time that we have this morning, I want to speak to you all from the topic or the title of this. And the title is, I Ain't Got Time to Waste. And if my mother or grandmother could hear me, they would be mad at me and correct me for using improper grammar. But it's simple. I ain't got time to waste. The year was 2013, and the Permian Panthers found themselves in a gridlock between the Lubbock Coronado Mustangs, buying for the first place position in the Class 6A basketball standings. As they are going head-to-head -head in this match, time is dwindling down, and the defensive MVP calls out their press defense. He calls hot piss. Now, I'm not trying to upset anybody by that language, but the defense was coined hot piss because that's not something you want on you. And so in this defense, they are applying what is called a press. And if you're familiar with basketball, teams apply the press, which is short for pressure, in times where they are at a deficit on the scoreboard. 
and there's limited time on the clock. The press is to uh, help make the other team turn the ball over, and it's really to maximize the limited time that they have because they ain't got time to waste. If you're not a basketball enthusiast, then journey with me a few years later to the hollowed halls of Harvard University, where yours truly finds himself once again up at the wee hours of the morning. I have an assignment due in just a few hours. I likely haven't made much progress or started at all. And when I should be sleeping, I am studying and preparing to turn in this assignment because I ain't got time to waste. In our text today, Jesus says that I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. In other words, what Jesus is saying is I ain't got time to waste. In this text, we see that the father has sent Jesus to perform a specific assignment here on the earth. He says while it is day, and day is simply a symbol for his life. When he talks about night, he's saying that I'm on my way to the nighttime of my life, which is death. And so Jesus realizes that in this limited time, he must do what the Father has instructed him to do. And likewise, my brothers and sisters, we must realize that our time on earth is limited, so we should steward it well. Our time on earth is limited. Throughout scripture, we are reminded of the brevity of life. One of my favorite scriptures in the Old Testament comes from Psalms 90 verse 12, and it says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Another verse found in the New Testament in the book of James chapter four reads, your life is like the morning fog. It is here a little while and then it is gone. And although these are very compelling verses for us to, to read and to reflect on, you don't need to hear these verses to realize the brevity of life and that life is like a vapor. All you have to do is open up your iPhone. Um, if you have an Android, I'm sorry, I don't really, can't really relate, but open up your iPhone and swipe to the right to see the latest tragedy that's happened in America or the world at large. Growing up, the old folks would say sometimes, child, there was a time when only you heard about older people dying, but now there are just as many short graves as there are long. And their message was simply that no one is promised a certain amount of time to live. And if that is true, my brothers and sisters, we should steward and manage the time that we have well. We must steward it well, but why? Why should we steward our time well, right? Why should we not live laissez-faire, just wake up, freelance, whatever we wanted to do, right? Well, there are many reasons we should steward our time well, right? Firstly, whether you're a believer or not, stewarding your time well helps you manage the, a small time that you have been allotted in this life, right? It helps you allow, it allows you to work towards your goals and accomplish them. Stewarding your time well helps you to be productive and helps you maintain your health and balance. And these are all good reasons for us to manage our time well. However, as people who say we put our trust in Jesus, there are two distinct reasons we should steward our time well. Firstly, we should steward our time well because the Bible instructs us to. 
Listen to what Paul says in the book of Ephesians chapter five. He says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And the key piece that I take away from this is make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of all the time that you have been allotted. Secondly, we should steward our time well, because as followers of Jesus, we are to imitate him. And Jesus was an excellent steward of his time. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on the bandwagon for Jesus. And I'm not saying this because there's scriptural evidence of Jesus writing in his AD 27 through AD 28 planner. I say this because if the written report, I say this because it's in the written report of John, right? We know that Jesus walked the earth for about 33 years, maybe. We know that his ministry lasted for approximately three years. But at the end of John's writing, he writes that, you know, he says that he's the one who's writing this. But then he says, Jesus did all these things that I've written about in the book of John, but he also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. So John is saying that even though Jesus lived for 33 years, within that time, he accomplished so many things that the world could not contain the books that would be written. That tells us that Jesus used his short time well, that he was a good steward and manager of his time. We should steward our time well, not only because it has numerous benefits, but because the Bible instructs us to, and as followers of Jesus, we are to imitate him, and we knew, and we know that he stewarded his time well. So we see why we must steward our time well, but let's now talk about the practical aspect. How do we steward our time well? There are three things I want to discuss that will help us steward our time well. This is not an exhaustive list by any means, but these things are things that I believe to be vital to stewarding our time well. I call these three things PPP, and I'm not talking about the loan. PPP stands for purpose, plan, and perspective. Firstly, purpose. When I say purpose, I'm not referring to the individual purpose that we each have. For example, um, my purpose may be to be a light in the corporate environment as an engineer. Ron's purpose may be to be a great steward of the children that she has in her classroom. Kelsey's purpose may be to open up doors for people of color in the cosmetic space. Whatever your purpose may be, I'm not speaking about that specifically, but more talking about the collective purpose that we have as believers, the foundational purpose that is behind the gifts that God has given us. And that purpose is to bring glory to God. The scripture tells us that for everything comes from him, speaking of God, and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. So everything comes from God and exists for his glory. If our foundational purpose is to bring glory to God, then it ought to influence the way that we use our time. So the first P is to understand that foundational purpose. The second P is plan. 
in the life of Jesus, we see that he had a plan. All throughout his ministry, we see him being intentional about where he is going, who he's spending his time with, and how long he spends in specific locations. An example of this is when Jesus chooses to journey through Samaria, which is countercultural for them at that time, simply to encounter the Samaritan woman and redeem her. We also see within Jesus's plan, he built in allotment for a long time with the father. This is evident right after he's baptized and he goes into the wilderness for a time of fasting and prayer and to be tempted. This is also evident toward the end of his ministry when he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray prior to his appointment with the cross. Not only does Jesus have a plan for how he spends his time, but he builds in margin or flexibility into his schedule. Margin or flexibility is important because if you have ever made a plan, you realize that the things go, they rarely go exactly how you want them to. I recall when uh, we were getting ready to have our first son, Zaya. Destiny had a very detailed plan about her birth plan and how things were going to go, so on and so forth. Lo and behold, long story short, things did not go exactly how she wanted. And I started to tell her we had to adopt a, a term. We had to adopt the phrase positivity and flexibility. Jesus exemplifies that, what it means to have a plan, but to build in margin for unplanned things that come up, right? Because it always happens no matter what our plan is. We see this when we look at him as he's on his way to the home of Jairus to heal his daughter, right? Jesus on his way to heal Jairus' daughter, who's at the doorstep of death, stops for a period of time to address a woman with an issue of blood. Jesus understood the importance of having a plan or being intentional, but he also understood the necessity for margin and flexibility. And we have to understand and implement the same. Lastly, if we are to steward our time well, we must observe a day of rest, a Sabbath. Observing the Sabbath day is a gift from God. But if you aren't into gifts, that's perfectly fine. Maybe you don't like receiving gifts, but maybe you will respond better to commandments. If you look in the book of Exodus chapter 20, in the midst of the Ten Commandments, you'll see that commandment number four reads as this. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. So we see that the Ten Commandments tells us that we are commanded to take a day of rest. Now, I know taking a whole 24 hours to rest and not do any work around the house or for your job can be quite difficult. I mean, it's difficult for me. I'm not acting like I got this down packed either, right? So I know that we have all the excuses in the world as to why we can't take a Sabbath day. And I hear you. I understand. But also just know that I'm only the messenger. And any excuses that you might have, I want you to know it's above me now. Please speak with my manager, aka Jesus. So we've talked about 
it's important to have purpose. It's important to have a plan. And the last P is we must have perspective if we're going to steward our time well. Perspective simply means point of view. If we are to steward our time well, we must have the right perspective about our time. There are three things that we must have perspective on, right? So the first one we've already talked about is that our time on earth is limited. That's the first thing. The second thing is that all we have is the present. All we have is the present. We can't live in the past or go back to it. And if you can, let me know. I have a great business proposition for you. Uh, I'll give you a great percentage. But um, if you got that talent, let me know offline. So it is such a blessing that we can't go back to the past or change it, right? Have you ever made a mistake? Take time to think about that. Have you ever made a mistake? And the answer is yes. You made a mistake. You made some bad decisions. Imagine for a moment with me if you had the capability to go back and change some of the decisions you made. Think about it. What would you change first? You don't have to let us know because it may be a secret, but uh, think about what you would change first if you had the capability to go back. Well, I don't know about you all, but I would be too busy going back, modifying changes, changing things that I said in an argument, changing the way I might have treated somebody, changing a lie that I told, uh, a decision I made. I would be so busy in the past that I wouldn't be able to live out my present. So it's a blessing that we don't have that capability, right? All we have is the present. We can't change the past. All we can do is learn from it. Also, we can plan for our future, but we cannot live in it. Only all we can do is live in today. Lastly, if we are to have perspective, we must understand that although our time on earth is limited, our time in eternity is not. And even reading this, to me, this is like a juxtaposition, right? Like time and eternity, they don't necessarily coincide, right? Because eternity is not time bound. Everything that we know about time is limited. We have minutes, seconds, hours, days, months, years. Eternity has none of that. Like, I can't explain it. Anyway, eternity is not time bound. It's important that we have perspective because it will influence the way that we live and spend our time on earth, right? If we know that our time here is limited, but our time in eternity is not, then we ought to take heed to the scripture in Matthew that says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and the rust destroys them and where thieves break in and still store up your treasures in, in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. If we are to have the right perspective, we must understand that our time on earth is limited. We cannot live in the past. All we have is the present. And lastly, we have to understand that though our time here is limited, our time in eternity is not. And we ought to live in a manner where we're storing up treasures in heaven and not merely here on earth. So just to recap, right? Our time on earth is limited, so we should steward it well. We should steward our time well, not only because it has numerous benefits, but because the Bible instructs us to. And as followers 
of Jesus. We are to imitate him because Jesus stewarded his time well. To steward our time well, we must understand our foundational purpose. We need to have a plan. And lastly, we need to have perspective. So with all that being said, the question then is, how do we respond? We know that God has instructed us to steward our time well, but how do we respond? For those who may not be a believer, right? You don't have your faith in Jesus, right? Managing your time well is very important. It's important whether you're a believer or not. But to what end are you managing your time well? Is it solely that you may live a productive, successful life here on earth? Or are you stewarding your time well with eternity in mind? Secondly, how do you respond as a believer? The question would first be, have you been stewarding your time well as someone who says that they trust in the Lord, who's following Jesus? Taking into account all that we've discussed today, have you stewarded your time well? And if not, today's a great day to repent. I need to repent also because I need to be observing a Sabbath, with which I've been terrible at. So this message is not only for you, but it's for me as well. So as a believer, how will you respond? I want to give us a moment to think about what our response will be, what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, and then we'll come back and we'll pray out for today. So take a moment to reflect. All right. Amen. So we want to give you a chance to respond, an action item, if you will, as we get ready to close out. One, if you want to, if you heard about this message and you want to step into relationship with God for the first time, you want to begin not only trusting God, but to steward your time well, whether he wants you to for the first time. We ask that you put a one in the chat. Um, and then the second response is typically for those who want to repent for stewarding their time poorly or want to come back into relationship with God. If that's you, we want to just ask that you would put a two in the chat. And all we want to do is pray with you, pray for you, and then also make sure that you have some of the tools that you might need as you begin or rekindle this relationship with God. So if you want to respond to either of those invitations, we ask that you put a one or a two in the chat. We'll pray and then we'll close out. Amen. Thank you, Ron and Kyle, for your responses. Uh, let's pray. And then, Kyle, I'll turn it back over to you for the discussion. God, we thank you for this time that we've had today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is good, that it is trustworthy, that it has great instructions for us to steer our lives, how we should manage our time, how we should manage ourselves. God, we pray that as we come out of this, that we'll, we'll take time to reflect that the Holy Spirit will speak to us on how we can better steward our time, 
how we can be more intentional to imitate the life that Jesus lived where he was stewarding his time well, and that we may live lives that are pleasing and acceptable in your sight, storing up treasures in heaven and not merely here on earth. Uh, we thank you for Kaya. We thank you for Ron who wants to repent as well as others of us who need to repent as well, God. But we pray that you would help us to be intentional, help us to build in grace for ourselves when we fall short. And Lord, help us just to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Kaya, I will turn it over to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jorian. You can stop recording and then I'll go ahead and Awesome. 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 What a word. Who, who else was blessed by that? Because time is just something that I have struggled with. I would say the most probably. It's still recording, Kai. I'm not recording on my end. He's recording still though. 